0: The Not So Rare Fruit sets the pace for premium construction in the consumer IT hardware space with a robust, slick, and contiguous ecosystem designed to keep you pleasantly rooted in their walled aluminum and silicon lotus garden. My handle is Jonathan Blade. Hey, welcome to my podcast. It's 2021 and it's new phone season. How do we know it's new phone season because the new iPhone just came out the iPhone 13 and the new iPhone marks the FOMO driven consumer push for new phone sales in general. I myself am almost in the market for a new phone Uh, as my son who has become the practical one has told me I don't need a new phone. My phone is a little bit older. When I got it, it was mid-range, but it does everything that I need it to do. It has great, solid performance. And beyond the fact that I could use more storage, I don't have any complaints. But it's new phone season, and I want to keep up. So the new iPhone itself is a beast. It always is, every year. This year, the CPU is not quite as fast as far as the... Golf and performance from the previous year. But I think that most of the new silicon, but I think most of the new silicon is for the neural engine cores, allowing the iPhone to do more smart operations on phones, like deciphering your handwriting and turning it into text, or looking at signs and turning those signs into text, translating your dictation to text, or sharpening your images in a way that is pleasing to you as the consumer. In the Google world, a lot of that action is done in the cloud. Apple's trying to bring all of that operation onto their phone, which they have been for years. And actually, that's how Apple differentiates itself. It has super expensive, fast SOCs, system on chips, and so they can do as many operations as they can on device as opposed to in the cloud. Now, the Google model is, it's better. If you have questions, it'll answer those questions more accurately. And if you have a string of interaction, then it will interact with that string more accurately. Google's photo processing, which is done on device, but it can be informed by cloud services if you do some uh, edits. In Google Photos, I think some of that stuff can be done in cloud. Uh, They have a lot of automation for stuff where they suggest, hey, look at what we did with your photo. That stuff is, I believe, done in cloud. But Apple can do it faster and impressively on device where there are no SOCs out currently that can do those things as well on device. There may be soon, but right now, not so much. So the iPhone 13 is out. Uh, Some new features. It has finally a smaller notch. That ridiculous Apple notch. On the top of their phones, I think it's hideous, but people have gotten used to it over the course of time, so they don't think it's hideous, which is fine. They've made that a little bit smaller. They have, uh, of course, slightly different resolution on the screen because of that. That's not a thing that you'll notice. On the higher-end Pro phones, they now have 120 hertz refresh as a max refresh. ProMotion, I think, is the refresh technology where they use LTPO uh, OLED displays, which is something that Samsung has been using in their phone for a while. But they use LTPO OLED displays so they can uh, dynamically change the refresh rate. I think something that Apple has that Samsung doesn't is they've jiggered the science so that The quality of the image doesn't change as much when the screen changes its refresh rate. Uh, I think on Samsung devices traditionally, I don't know if this is still true, but traditionally the color balance changes as the refresh rate changes, the brightness of the screen changes as the refresh rate changes in noticeable ways. And Apple has worked around that to have a more pleasing implementation of dynamically changing refresh rate. And I'm sure it will work very well. Samsung may be at a point where it's not as big an issue as it was, but I know at some point in time that was an issue. The CPU performance on the A15, which is Apple's 2021 silicon, uh, the ramp is not as steep as it was in past. In the past, uh, performance changes from the previous chip to the next generation chip. Performance jump has been fairly dramatic. Uh, last year's A14 was fairly dramatic. They wanted to release a chip that was powerful enough that they could use it across uh, all their devices, including their desktops and laptops, and they did. So they, they made the big jump. The A15 is not as big a jump uh, on the performance of the CPU, and I think even the graphics will not be as big a jump. will be a jump. It will be significant, something that you can notice, but not as big a jump. The transistor count, the silicon, has way more transistors, Uh, The billions more transistors are in, as I said before, the neural cores. So once again, Apple will have the most powerful chip, like two generations of the most powerful SOCs uh, on the mobile market. They're just leaps and bounds ahead of their next uh, nearest competitor, which is Qualcomm. There's lots of chip manufacturers that people don't know about, by the by. Most of them don't sell in the States. Qualcomm has a lock on the States there's MediaTek stuff in the States, but as far as high end, MediaTek doesn't really make super high end chips. They make high mid range chips in addition to all their low end chips and their crappy Chromebook chips, which I think all of that stuff is coming together so that MediaTek will be a competitor. They're not a competitor now. But a little dark horse action in the phone that I'm waiting for is Google's Pixel this year. What's a Pixel? is something that an IT person I was interacting with asked the other day. You're not doing a great job there, Google. Uh, People don't know what the Pixel is, unless they're big phone nerds like myself and the people directly around me. But Google, with their Pixel, is doing a custom SOC, System on a Chip, this year in their high-end Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro phones. And that SOC, has there's been a lot of rumors surrounding it about how powerful it's going to be. But the latest one puts it at a pretty extraordinary power level. They were imagining it would be a kind of stock version, plus Google's like neural engine-style silicon, like a Samsung chip. Samsung's high-end chip from last year, plus neural en- Google's custom neural engine-style silicon. But as they've looked further, the design of the chip may be made by Samsung, but it's not... Anything like any chip on the market. They're using, and this is all speculation at this point, until the phone comes out in a week maybe, but they're using two high end cores, which is not how any of Samsung's chips are fabbed at this point. Two high end cores, two medium cores, and four efficiency cores. And I think that it's the two high end cores that make the difference. It could mean that the chip will run hot under certain circumstances, but those high end cores are only supposed to be used in bursts, there aren't supposed to be operations that keep those high-end cores running any length of time either. So we'll see what that means for the efficiency of Google's Whitechapel SoC that they're going to have for their Pixel 6s. But uh, yes, I am curious to see that contest because once again, Apple's announced new video features for their iPhone 13. And Apple is not only two generations ahead on their SoC fabrication, but they're probably two generations ahead on the quality of uh, what their the video that their phones can make and they've announced new video features and their their codecs for producing those videos the algorithms that they use to get rid of noise and to uh, make the focus appropriate well beyond what anybody else is doing so pictures it's a toss-up now almost everybody makes a good phone with a decent camera because smartphones are a solved technology at this point But video is another story. So we're hoping to see from Google and their new Pixel phones coming out in a week, some video chops. Like, I think that they do video pretty well already. Uh, I have an older Pixel phone, mid-range Pixel phone, and it does video really well. Like, if you give it an ideal lighting situation, it does it really well. And actually, if you record at 1080p, it does, like, really nice HDR stuff. It's pretty, but it does not match what the iPhone does currently. And that's what we're hoping to see coming up. Something that puts uh, Google and their Pixel phone back in the game, as it were. Because right now it's a two-horse race. It's domestically, anyway, it's Samsung and Apple, and Samsung's losing ground domestically. So we're hoping to see something exciting from any other OEM device manufacturer. And it may be too late. It may just be an Apple world going forward into the future. So we'll see. Personally, I will probably not get a Pixel 6 because <sighs> that's not what I'm looking at. What I'm looking at is the Pixel 5a, which is their lower end phone this year. The A series has served me well. I got the 3A XL when that came out in 2019 and it has been super solid the entire time. I actually asked a tech analyst that I follow, at what point something there's a the concept known as bit rot, which is over the course of time doesn't matter if you if you start the phone from fresh whatever your performance is going to degrade uh, on a mobile device, whether that's software or hardware degradation, the performance changes significantly over the course of the device. And I was like, I haven't seen bit rot in years. Is bit rot still a thing? And why is BitRot not still a thing if it's not still a thing? And he said that he, in his experience, he hadn't seen BitRot since the uh, Snapdragon 660, which was their mid-range chip from 2018, I believe. And that's my experience. The Pixel 3a XL has the Snapdragon 670. It's been a beast. So, yeah, uh, I don't really need another phone, but I want one. I want more storage. So, we'll see what the future brings. But I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see where the wars go this year. But the 5A is probably the phone for me. Either that or Samsung has a mid range phone this year that looks really compelling. It's their Galaxy A52. But it's not the A52, because the A52 does look really compelling. But there's a revision of that that's released in Europe. And I'm hoping it comes to the States. The only difference is. A newer SOC. Performance jump will probably be something like 25 to 40% with this newer SOC, so that is what I'm looking for. If the A52s drops in the States this year, then that's the phone that I'll get. And if not, then probably the Pixel 5a. But I've got this wild hair for the Pixel 6, so I'm excited to see what it does because it may be the Pixel 6. You know, when you buy phones on contract, it's a mental game, really, because there's not a huge difference between getting a five hundred dollar phone contract and say a seven eight hundred dollar phone on contract because you're paying for it monthly over the course of two years so the 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 amount that that you pay for it month to month is the the difference is negligible, but there's this philosophy I have that nobody should buy a phone over five hundred dollars. So I'm trying to to buy a phone over $500. I've always gotten mid-range or high mid-range phones. I've never gotten a premium phone because I'm like, why would I get a premium phone? What is the value proposition there? But I want one. And the difference this year is that Google has dedicated themselves to, and it's funny because they were not the first to do this. Samsung was. Samsung said, we will do four years of updates for our mid-range and high-end devices. Samsung's update strategy is a little different. They do, if it's a mid-range device, they'll do two years of monthly updates plus uh, version updates, and then two years of security updates. If it's high-end device, they'll do three years of monthlies plus version, and then another year of security updates. And the security updates are done in roll-ups, so they're done like quarterly or twice a year, but it still counts because they're still updating the device technically. I think that what Google will do is stay in the monthly cycle until the end of the four years. So it, it will be qualitatively different, and it's it's a win for everybody. I think another major manufacturer, not one that manufactures in the States, maybe Oppo or Xiaomi, is also dedicated to um, to doing the four years of updates. So we're catching up. Uh, ios iphones they update forever because apple can afford to to have people dedicated to making sure that those updates work on various generations of devices so i think for iphones right now the oldest iphone that gets monthly updates is the iphone 6s which or it might be the iphone sc the original one i don't know if that uh, i think that may maybe launch the same time as the 6s but those phones get updates and they came out in 2015 maybe which is crazy pants that's seven years of updates for a mobile device it's well beyond the pale i think ipads go back to 2015 as well which is also crazy pants i think the ipad air 2 is still getting updates maybe so apple has the android world beat for that but it's it's still not like desktop operating systems where you can almost force an update on anything. I have a laptop that's uh, 2010 SKU, maybe 2011. And uh, I have Windows 10 on it. It still updates uh, when, Windows, when Microsoft pushes out updates. Still runs like a beast. So yeah, hopefully we can do that. We can do that. Also, my, my device, the Pixel 3a XL, is... I think it's less than a year from being off the update cycle. Maybe in six months, after it gets Android 12, it'll get another six months of monthly updates, and then it will be done. I should probably wait that out, but I'm biting at the bit. Now, I don't need that thing, that new shiny mobile device. I got a tablet last year, and that kind of fills the gap for me, and I'm enjoying both of these things. The tablet actually runs like a champ. It's, it's a mid-range. It, it's the Samsung Tab S6 light. Lite. And it's a beast. It runs really well for what it does. I watch these guys on YouTube doing hardware comparisons and looking at uh, opening times for applications on older and mid-range devices. And they can't be using these devices because they have access to other devices. So I don't know why their performance is so bad, but their performance that they show is awful. I don't see anything like that in the performance that I see personally. Everything opens... I wouldn't say lightning fast, but it's fast. It opens probably three times as fast as the tech people, tech reviewers that show these older devices or mid-range devices in in app opening contests. I don't have any issue, but we're talking about the future and these mobile devices after the Apple launch event, the iPhone launch event. They also launched a new iPad mini, and a new iPad. The new iPad is what it is, uh, the most... The iPads are a great value proposition. They might be the best value proposition of any device that Apple has. I have no complaints about them. If I were not an Android user, I would definitely have an iPad. Like this Tab S6 Lite's great. It does things that an iPad can't do, but as far as performance, it's not the same. Like, it performs great for everything that I do with it, but it Still can't do the stuff that an iPad can do because Apple just has better silicon. Even if you're talking about the high end of Android, Apple has better silicon. And it also has better apps to take advantage of that silicon. If you're talking about editing stuff, like photo editors, there's some really nice photo editors on Android. But there are better photo editors uh, on iOS. There's some really nice video editors on Android. PowerDirector, I love it. It's simple to use. It's great multi-track, all kinds of built-in effects, but it's not as good as LumaFusion. The other device that they launched, which is the most popular in mind space from the event, is a new iPad mini. I think it's version 6 or 7 of the iPad mini, and it uses the current A15 chip, which is why it's a big deal for a decent price. I think it's 500 bucks or 450. It might be 500 because they. I heard people talk about how it's more expensive than it has been in the past. It does that camera thing uh, where the camera follows you around the room. As a fixed device, it follows you around the room, which is super cool. I don't know how many situations you would use that for if you're just doing a zoom or whatever, but I think that is very nifty. Probably use that extra silicon to accomplish that. So yeah, I'd be excited to see that too. And, and the iPad mini is a nice form factor. I have a tablet that I got in that form factor from years ago. Beautiful tablet, but it was from Asus. It was uh, an Asus tablet, and while it felt like it was well built, it did not stand the test like like the the performance of the hardware did not stand the test of time. The battery gave up the ghost. I can charge it. But if I leave it sitting, like, off, then the battery will be just be dead. And also the performance of... It's built on an Atom processor, so an Intel processor. And so the performance was okay, but it wasn't great. It did not have enough RAM, which was the biggest issue. Always the biggest issue in uh, Android space. So, yeah, I would love to have an iPad mini. Or another 8-inch tablet. That is the state of mobile technology, as of now, waiting for the Pixel 6. So we'll see... What Google brings us in the next week, I'm very excited to see. Very excited to see what my new photographs will look like on those new phones, because Google's photo science is magic. I can, not consistently, not as consistently as I've seen people talk about, but sometimes I can get some really fantastic shots. On the 3A, the 3A XL, the shots are a little soft sometimes, but they look great. So, yeah, with more power and a few generations forward, I'm super excited to see what these cameras can do. And I'll cut it off there. Uh, if you've had a good time listening to me ramble, then you can check me out on Twitter if you want to talk about mobile technology or anything else at janky old broke hobo Spider-Man at Jonathan Blade. And hopefully, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening.